Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm just practicing my dance moves this morning for this dance-off that I've been challenged to by the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Did you think I forgot? Did you think I'd gone to sleep and I was just going to let you off the hook? Five Names? The big, beautiful one never forgets, unless it's a password for some banking. Good morning. (laughs) <laughs> Should we figure out the password actually? Have we figured that out yet? Look. <laughs> so, there's I know I have a couple go-tos for passwords. And God bless my wife, she she handles she's like, this is what the password needs to be. So she takes over a lot of all that stuff. She goes, How could you not remember our password? She goes, how do you remember an Atlanta Braves stat from 1992 on the back of a baseball card, but you don't know how to access our online banking? And I go, because I care about the 1992 Atlanta Braves more than I do our online banking. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I am what I am. Good morning. Good morning. Can we go ahead and just uh, address the elephant in the room? What? Can we go ahead and do that? Sure. All right. Let's talk about what happened yesterday. Let's talk about how you manipulated. I did not manipulate the the poll question yesterday. The bonus poll question. We had two. We had an official poll question which you actually lost in the three-hour window that we were on the air. But somehow I get a screenshot later in the afternoon from you. Look at me now. All of a sudden, you've been stuffing the ballot box, going to different computers, logging on to different servers, getting friends and family to all say that you're fashion forward. The only one that I talked to about the poll question was Kenneth. Kenneth does not have Twitter. His parents actually got Twitter because of our show. So they can go and oh, shout out to Kenneth's chime parents. in on the poll question because they're tired of texting it to me when they can easily just put their own <laughs> thoughts on the poll question themselves. And neither of them were oh, awake sweetheart, I'm just going to text it to you. Yeah. So I only have three chances to... So where does it stand right now, now that the poll question from yesterday is officially a full day old, 24 hours of voting, Mm. of comments, of all that great jazz? Oh, please, sir. 
not a problem. Once again, if you didn't tune in yesterday, shame on you. No, just just kidding. Things happen. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in today, whether that's on your radio dial or on the free game mobile app for both Android and Apple devices, Google Home, Alexa, of course, the simulcast here in Acadiana, Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Yesterday, the poll question was, who was the more fashion-forward person? Five names, who is, by the way, rocking the same jacket she did yesterday. I love this jacket. We're going to have a discussion about laundry. The Rubik's Cube hoodie pullover thing, but you added wearing the sunglasses inside the studio. I was rocking a game polo shirt and Magellan pants. So... We asked the people who was the most fashion forward of the two of us, but there was a third option. Neither. And when we signed off yesterday, neither had won the poll question by a comfortable margin. Where's it stand now? So there actually is 31 minutes left because of the 24 hour poll question. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but it does stand that 47% say me. say neither, and 16% say you. So how did we go from you losing by at least five percentage points to now you winning by 10? That's a 15 percentage point swing in your favor. And I'm supposed to believe It takes like two votes to swing that. Nefarious was going on here. There's literally like two votes. The integrity of our poll question is now in question. Because of you. Okay. Because of you. Do you want to make it real? So when I saw <laughs> yesterday that it was 47% was me and 37% was neither, it had 31 votes. That was yesterday. It now has 32 votes. Do I know who? Th- I don't know who votes on the poll question. I can't give you that answer. Then on top of it, did we get a feeling? It wasn't exactly a poll question, but based on comments... Who wore the Post Malone face tattoos better? Because we had some Snapchat filter fun yesterday, courtesy of five names, because that's why she's the producer extraordinaire, where you took Snapchat photos of us wearing Post Malone tattoos. Yes. You posted a photo of yourself and yours truly and Footsie. Early results yesterday where people thought it was Kevin because with his pose and the face he made, he looked like he was on the prison yard. Yeah. We, we told him to look angry. He said, give, you, give us your best gangster look. And he was like, I don't know how to do that. They started smiling. He said, no, be angry. This is the answer. This is the result we got. Um, so, Tennelead still says um, uh, her foot on Twitter. Because uh, Ton on Twitter says, giving the edge to the footster. Um, Hudak Cajun says, is Hannah just waking up? Need some coffee. Stat, I was wide awake, actually. That's my mean mugging face, apparently. It's not that great. Um, and Darren on Twitter said, all foot need foot needs is a sign. It's it has from Trading gift. Places. Yes. Yeah, a gift from Trading Places. But your wife said that I look better, so... Hmm. But that's everything. <laughs> oh, d- oh, oh! Now, now I see what's happened. Now it's a conspiracy against me. 
from the woman I work with and the woman I live with. That's who swung the votes on the poll question of the day. You got my wife involved. I mean, as soon as I put it up, she texted me. I feel like there's an alliance being formed between the women in my life against me. It's perfectly fine. You are Should I be concerned? And no one even commented on our on our pictures on Facebook. It was shared because I shared it. You shared it. Mika shared it. It's disappointing. Disappointing. I mean, I thought for sure. Somebody. Face tattoos. Maybe they did on our. Who doesn't love some good old fashioned face tattoos? The but Post Malone has 14 of them, you told me yesterday. That's yes, what you, you found out. 14. Your research told us 14. So while we're on the topic of the poll question. That's a lot of face tats. It is a lot of face tats. We're going to bring up the poll question for today. And I'm going to give an update on the poll question from Monday, which was that uh, is the slap from Will Smith to Chris Rock at the Oscars. Was it real or staged? It does seem that it is real. And Chris Rock actually put out a statement that he crossed the line and that he apologizes very profusely. Yes, and Will Smith apologized and Jada Pinkett Smith apologized. But our poll question of the day, which is our lovely thought and um, all credit to Hart, is, is a hot dog a sandwich? That's the poll question of the day. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's a hot dog. <laughs> Just a hot dog. Hot dog is not a sandwich. You know but, what else is not a sandwich? But, a hamburger. A sandwich is a sandwich. But it's two pieces of bread. I understand. Between his meat. So that's a sandwich. Mmm. Mmm. No. No. Sandwiches. Turkey, ham, bologna, things of that nature. Lunch meat, deli meat, hamburger is cooked. But the JBKOD says Mr. Webster says affirmative because definition of a sandwich is two or more slices of bread are split rolling or bread or a split roll having a filling in between. So I guess a pole boy is a sandwich then. Yes. Mm. No. Technically, on a pole boy, you could have roast beef pole boy, and roast beef pole boys, you put roast beef, which is also a lunch meat, and you just cover it in gravy. Mm-hmm. If you're not covering gravy, then you're doing it wrong. <clears throat> so that's technically the sandwich because you said lunch meat. So, yes. No, hot dog is not a sandwich. Yes, it is. No. Yes. It is not a sandwich. Is a sandwich? No, it's not. Why is it not a sandwich? Because it's a hot dog. Because it's a hot dog. I mean, I see you in JPK the OD with your fancy book knowledge, showing off your educational, your book learnings. Not needed. Look, a hot dog is a hot dog. Devil <laughs> bless you. Hot dog's a hot dog. Why are y'all trying to make a hot dog to be a sandwich? Because. Why? Because you just call it, it's because you say hot dog. Yes, that's referring to the dog. 
to the I'm like, I don't like saying that. <laughs> the hot dog, the warm wiener that is in between the two pieces of bread is that's just what's inside. The outside, together, they make a sandwich. But no one ever calls it a hot dog sandwich. No one calls it a hamburger sandwich. No, they do not, but it is still considered a sandwich. Just because mm. we don't say out loud sandwich does mm. not mean it's not a sandwich. I'm anti calling a hot dog sandwich. I'm, I'm going to be firm against this. Sandwich. I'm going to order it. We go out to ease our bonding time as a team. Can I have a um, hot dog when sandwich? When we go to an Astros game and you roll up to the concession stand and you're like, I'd like a hot dog sandwich, there's a good possibility that the concession worker is going to throw said hot dog at you. No, they won't. Because they're going to be like, girl, why are you being so silly? Hot dog sandwich? No. No, 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 no. Why are you trying to change things? Why are you trying to make hot dog into a sandwich when it's not a sandwich? Why? I'm not trying to. I'm just telling you. It is considered oh, a sandwich. By who? By Mr. Webster Dictionary. Merriam-Webster. Mm. He or she said so. I still don't know if it's actually he or he, she. He or she said so. Because Miriam is the middle name for um, Mr. Mosby on so that was Zach and Cody. He's a guy, but Miriam can also I'm be sorry, a woman. I'm sorry, what was that pop culture reference? Sweet Lives, Zach and Cody. Mr. Mosby, his name is Miriam. But he's a guy. <laughs> but Miriam can be a woman, too. So we're saying Miriam Webster is either he or she because we are on. It's an it. I see, I see. I it's see. an it because I'm not I sure. See. I would probably be more convinced by your argument if you weren't struggling to take off your hoodie. God, I don't want everybody to hear on the air that I was taking my hoodie off. So <laughs> I'm sitting here with my hoodie half on, half off, guys. Dressing myself is hard <laughs> with Hannah Five Names. <laughs> I don't want everybody to hear I was taking my jacket off. Or did I want to hit the mic? I got to take my headphones off. to the. <sighs> I know. Wow. Oh. Wow, what a, it's such a cross uh, for you to bear. Yes. It's tough, it's tough life. So, uh, Annie Dalton. First world problems. So, Annie Dalton went to the Saints. That's a thing. Yeah, the red rifle is going to be the difference maker. Can't wait. Woohoo. But, Kay, the question is is he better than Taysom? Well, they're moving Taysom to tight end. So, there you go. The Taysom Hill experience at quarterback is done. Is done. Yeah, Dennis Allen say we're moving him to tight end. Now, does he need to gain? Some people are like, well, he's going to be, he's only like 220. He needs to be more like 250. I, I don't, look. He's a hybrid player as it is. So you don't want him that bigger. You probably don't want him to be that bulkier because then he can't move. Yeah. So you're going to line him up at tight end, use him in that joker role. It'll be a hybrid tight end type of position. You bring in the red rifle who's got a lot of experience underneath his belt, a ton of experience, okay? Guy's thrown for more than 35,000 yards and 226 passing touchdowns in his career. He'll be a good, reliable option as your backup quarterback. And Ian Book, Kevin Foote's favorite player, will never see the field. 
let's let's once again. What did I say last year? Five names. Well, you weren't around. I said, why are you wasting a pick on Ian Book? That's what I said. That's what I said right here on the radio. I saw him at the Senior Bowl. I was like, why would you wait? And I was like, well, Sean Payton really likes him. Sean Payton thinks, you know, he kind of reminds, Ian Book reminds him of when he was a quarterback at Eastern Illinois. And blah, 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 blah. This tells you what the new regime in charge of the Saints believes, thinks of Ian Book. That even after moving Taysom Hill to become a tight end, which Dennis Allen announces earlier this week, they're like, nah, we're signing Andy Dalton too. Have fun never being on the field, Ian Book. What a waste of a draft pick. He's been a fourth round pick on a guy. Really? Red Rifle, though. On his fourth team in four years, right? Why do you call them that? That's his nickname because he's a ginger. And he had a rifle for an arm, thus the red rifle. Ah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, once again, once again, it, it, it's a nickname for all of us who love hot dogs and don't want them to be sandwiches. Oh my God, so man. we're not trying to be fancy, right? We're not trying to be sophisticated, okay, with your agenda to change things that make America amazing. Okay, don't need it. Don't need it. Let me guess. Let me guess. Are you you going to sit there and now let's go down a rabbit hole here. We'll come back to the Saints and Andy Dalton. Do you even like a hot dog? I do like a hot dog. Do you like fireworks? Yes. All right. This makes you already better than Louis Prejean, who did not care for hot dogs or fireworks. Mom doesn't like fireworks. So what? Mom's like fireworks either. She's afraid of, not really afraid of fireworks, but they like freak out a little bit. She's in like the three F's. Fire, fireworks, and frogs. Who is this? My mom. Your mom doesn't like frogs? No. Or fireworks. Or fire. Or fire. Yeah. She's getting better when it comes to campsites, which is really weird. So if your mom is trapped camping surrounded by a moat of frogs while wildfire is burning and fireworks cause the wildfire this would be hell the seventh level of hell for your mom basically yeah okay well let's make sure that doesn't happen because she's getting better because you know we did do scouts my brother in scouts while growing up and she's gotten better where she wasn't like my by the tent and then the fire is like i don't know almost how mile away now she's a little bit closer now but still freaks out a little bit Frogs, fire, fireworks. Got it. Yeah. I'll make sure when I meet your mother not to uh, do any of those things in front of her. Thank you. Hopefully if we're at a restaurant, there's not a candle at the table. <laughs> because I don't want your mom to have to cower underneath the table in fear. Yeah. Boom. That's why I had to do it. We had a frog at our house one year. And it was like middle of the night. And we, I, I tried to wake my brothers up to go get it. I didn't feel like touching the frog. I didn't feel like it. She was like, I should go to do that. Neither one of them want to wake up, nor do they want to get the frog. So I had to get the frog out of the bathroom and out the house. Mom, like, screamed. And I was like, what is going on? And there is a frog in the bathroom on the mirror. So I take it out. Wow. What sacrifices you had to make. (laughs) Holding up the team, bro. (laughs) I guess that got you very, very prepared. Well prepared to be here as a producer at the game. Yes, of course. 
Hey, we get shirts today. We do get shirts. Ah, if they you come by before we end the show today, me and Ray will do a fashion show for you. What? We're going to flunk. Bum, Work bow, it. Bow, bow, bow. We got to take a timeout. <laughs> it's been nothing but what what a shenanigan-filled start to today's show. Hot dogs, fireworks, dancing, dance-offs, conspiracy of the ladies in my life against me, and the Red Rifle Andy Dalton. We covered a lot. Boom. That's the type of show that we're going to have today. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. We'll talk more about the Saints, though. Making minor moves. Have they gotten better? Yeah, we'll discuss. That's next. Right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is the epitome of a high roller, constantly making large bets. But by doing that, the minimum bet is a dollar for a win, a dollar for a place, a dollar for a show. So it's essentially a $3 bet. That netted me a cool $6.70. What? Okay, so he's not a risk taker. He's your best bet for sports talk. 19. Hit me. 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Now, back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you have hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, or for any other possible reason, you run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year. There's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service and to promote public safety. Louisiana 811 and the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles reminds you call 811 and know what's below before you dig. Poll question of the day. Because Five Names wants to start the day off with fighting. I mean, it's bad enough that you conspired with others to manipulate the poll question of the day results after the show was done. That's one thing. I can get past that. I can get past it. Possibly. <laughs> I didn't do that. And but then now you're trying to be a, an antagonator with this new poll question, trying to tell me just because Merriam-Webster's dictionary says so that a hot dog is a sandwich. Nope. Not doing it. What are the people telling us? Well, 56% say yes, and 44% say no. JBK, the OD, says yes, please. Chili, cheese, and mustard. Don't ketchup the dog. I do like ketchup on my hot dog. Sorry. 
I do like chili and cheese. Chili and cheese is really good. That's fantastic. Not with mustard. No. Uh-huh. Um, he also is the one that posted our uh, definition from Mr. Mister and Mrs. Webster. Uh, Steve says, really? Who do I slap for this poll question of the day? I said, well, I posted it and made it. So, Ray. <laughs> 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 and Brody says, if a po' boy is considered a sandwich, then a hot dog also has to be considered a sandwich. I don't consider a po' boy a sandwich either. Just, I just don't. But it's a po' boy. Like, call me. But you yeah. use French bread that's cut in half, and you put it. Sandwich. Hot dog. Sandwich. Hamburger. Ah. Sandwich. But there is a difference. What? Hot what dog and po' boys, the bread's not completely cut across. So it's not two individual slices of bread brought together to create a sandwich, is it? No, it's not. Ooh, did I just find a technicality? Yeah, I did. Moving on. Second entry of the definition of a sandwich. One slice of bread covered with food. So one slice of bread covered in food. Yes. So I guess pizza is a sandwich. Yes. Right? Because it's bread covered with food. Yes. And when I eat my pizza, I fold it in half. I don't know what to do with you today. I don't know what to do with you today. Just like lasagna, technically the pie. What? Yes, lasagna the pie. What? I'm trying to find the words. Not only do you say a hot dog is a sandwich, now you're going to go so far to say... That pizza is, in fact, a sandwich as well because it's bread and it's got meat on it or toppings or whatever. And you fold it into a sandwich, even though it's not a sandwich. And now you're telling me, on top of all of that, that you consider lasagna a pie. Like apple pie and lasagna are in the same category for you. Mm -hmm. Layers. Apple pie, crust, apple stuff, sometimes crust on top, lasagna, noodles, sauce, meat, cheese, noodles. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I absolutely have no idea. Now I feel like I should shift the whole show Throw our rundown into the garbage can <laughs> and start from scratch. Let's just start. Let's be a whole food show. Forget about sports today. Let's just talk about just about food. Lasagna's a pie? Yes. Pizza's a sandwich? Yes. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Thinking logically. Comparing the items and how they are put together. We're going to take a timeout. I'm going to try to regroup because I need a moment to step away from this microphone to figure out (laughs) what in the hell did you inhale (laughs) when you woke up this morning? What is going on here on this show? 
I'm just saying. Hart told us to have poll questions about food because they run in a rabbit hole. <laughs> We're in a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's about food. See? Shout out to Hart. Hart knew what he was doing. When we come back here on the RP3 and the company, what company it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to talk more about Saints signing the red rifle. What does this mean? Does this mean the end of the Taysom Hill era at quarterback? And we'll also recap big midweek contest wins for both LSU and UL. We'll recap those as well for you. That's all coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team at Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, we have your cure for date night blues. That's right. If you're tired of serving up your lady hot dogs, you want to treat her to something a little bit nicer and not have an argument about whether or not it's a sandwich, you need to go sign up for our rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Go sign up today. It's free to do so. And once you become a member, by the way, you'll earn points by just doing that. By just joining the clubhouse, you'll earn points. And then you'll have the opportunity to score free stuff, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. That's right. $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Delicious, fresh Gulf seafood, fine dining establishment. Take your lady out. Show her a good time. But you can only score that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by becoming a member of our rewards club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. We'll put our poll question of the day aside. I've retrieved some data myself for my argument. I will unveil that at the end of this hour. And I will fight you tooth and nail about this hot dog being a sandwich thing. I'm going to do it. It's happening. All right. Let's talk the Saints moves yesterday. Lots of people, Saints fans in particular, have not been thrilled by this offseason. We've had some callers call in about it. We've had people comment about it. And just talking to people, they're not thrilled. Because they haven't really done anything significant, right? They tried to swing for the fences, get Deshaun Watson. That didn't happen. They let Marcus Williams walk in free agency so he can sign $70 million to go play for the Ravens. They let Teron Armstead walk in free agency so he can go sign for $84 million with the Miami Dolphins. They got Michael Thomas coming back. Great. He's going to be healthy finally for the first time in three years. They bring back Jameis Winston on a team-friendly deal. 
but they're not really making any moves. Where's the wide receiver at? Where's the running back help at? Who the hell is going to play left tackle for them? Is it going to be Hurst? Maybe. He's pretty good. Is he Teron Armstead? No. So everything's been very quiet. Rotational backup defensive lineman. A safety who's really a special teams gunner. Another safety who's facing a DWI charge that you signed on the cheap. Nothing moves the needle. And no offense to the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. Guy's been in the league a long time. He's made a heck of a career. Been to three Pro Bowls. Thrown for over 30,000 yards. 200 touchdowns. He's had a nice career for a guy that a lot of us thought, is he going to last? Bengals, then Cowboys, Bears last year, now the Saints. So, it's funny that the backup quarterback for the Saints last year, Trevor Simeon, signed with the Bears, and then the Bears' backup quarterback now comes to the Saints. I do believe the Saints got the better end of that deal. And Andy can be a very good spot starter in case something happens, right? He's going to be your valuable backup. He's not going to demand to be the starter. He's a team-first kind of guy. He's a veteran, so he'll know you know what his role is on the team. You're not paying him a ton of money. It's just a cheap little team-friendly one-year deal. So your quarterbacks are set because you gave Winston the, the, the deal. So he'll be your starter. Andy will be your reliable backup. Ian Book will never see the field, hopefully. If you're a Saints fan, that's what you're wishing for. Once again, I can't believe they spent a fourth-round pick on the guy. But now you get to utilize Taysom Hill the way he should have been utilized the whole damn time. They should have never taken him out of the Joker role. They should have never taken him and tried to make him into a quarterback because that's not what his game is at this level. It's one thing to play in college. It's another thing to be able to transition to the NFL. The way he's built, the way he throws the ball, his athletic ability, he is a Joker. He's a Swiss Army knife. And Dennis Allen wanting to line him up at tight end is the right move. It is a smart move because you're going to get him on the field more now where he impacts the game more and help this team win. So now you're going to have Jameis Winston out there at quarterback, Michael Thomas at wide receiver, and you're going to have Taysom Hill at tight end. And you'll have Kamara back whenever he gets done serving his suspension because he will be suspended by Roger Goodell. You find a number two wide receiver, a legit number two wide receiver, which they have indicated they are still going after, whether that's in free agency or the draft, they're not done at the wide receiver position. So imagine this, Winston, your quarterback, Kamara, your running back, Michael Thomas, your number one wide receiver, a good new number two wide receiver, Taysom Hill at tight end. Callaway, Traquan Smith as your number three, number four, as Hardy as your number five. That is a good-looking offense. So this is why I'm down for the Andy Dalton move. Even though it's not a sexy move, even though it doesn't move the needle, if you're a Saints fan, having a reliable veteran quarterback that you can depend on and not throwing Ian Book out there to have to figure it out on the fly like they did last year. Reliable backup quarterback Winston's your starter you get a reliable backup 
Now you can take Taysom and utilize him the way that he should be utilized as a playmaker, as a guy that you can throw the ball to. He can catch. He can line up and be a nightmare for smaller DBs. This is good move, a good move that helps the team get better. And we can put the Taysom Hill as a quarterback, franchise quarterback nonsense behind us. Not to knock Taysom. And I know a lot of people out there love Taysom. There's a lot of Taysom stands out there. Including a couple years ago when the wife and I went to training camp. And there's one particular middle-aged woman that was, let's just say, a big fan of Taysom Hill. And was very vocal about her fandom. And how she would like to take her fandom to another level. With the backup quarterback. Good player. Good teammate. Very good player. Not a franchise quarterback. Utilize him the best way you can. It's a smart move by the Saints. It's a smart move by the Saints. Now, we could debate whether or not he needs to gain a bunch of weight. I don't know about all that. Because he's got his speed. We had that debate yesterday afternoon in the studio when the Blonde Bomber, Jody Holberg, was here. Miguez and Mesh. Well, you know, he needs to put on some weight. Like, no, not really. Maybe another five, seven pounds of muscle. But you want to use his ability, his running ability, and his speed. You want to be able to still have that. He could be the type of guy, if you bulk him up with extra weight, it's just going to weigh him down. So that's a good move by the Saints. And I still don't think they're done. I still think they're going to make some type of splash move, either at safety or with wide receiver. On the diamond last night, it was a good night to be an LSU and UL baseball fan. It's a good time for that. Because, well, they both got wins. They both got wins. The Raging Cajuns got a hard-fought victory on the road in Hammond against the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. 6-4 victory, and the Cajuns improved to 12-12 overall on the season as they come back. Well, they're tentatively scheduled to take on UNO tonight. We'll see if that happens. Due to the storm system that's projected to come through the state, that may not happen. There's always been rumblings about even moving the game up here. That did not happen. Tyler Robertson, Belted a game-tying three-run home run in the third inning. And Julian Brock hit a go-ahead two-run home run in the seventh as those bats came up big time. Timely hits. It's always a timely hit when you can take a pitch and put it over the fence line. 12-12 and now on the season. And the Raging Cajuns will try to get above 500 tonight when they play at UNO once again. The game is tentatively scheduled. It has not been canceled as of yet, even though there has been school closures and business closures in anticipation of the storm system that's going to be coming through today. Raging Cajun baseball game is still on as of right now. The LSU Tigers, meanwhile, they got themselves a dub as well. Poor ULM. Poor Warhawks. LSU welcomed in 
ULM to Alex Box Stadium last night and then promptly crushed their faces 12-4. to The Tigers batted through the order in the first, scored six runs right off the bat, and that set the tone, and they cruised to a victory. Gavin Dugas, two for three with a home run, and Braden Joe Bear, who has been on an absolute tear. Whoo! Three for five last night, two home runs, and seven RBIs. That's a good night at the ballpark. That's the type of night that's going to keep you in the lineup. LSU's going to return to action for a three-game set at home against Auburn, but it's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. LSU baseball's series with Auburn, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week instead of Friday through Sunday. It's just that kind of thing in the schedule. Of course, we'll carry those games live for you right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. LSU, UL, winners on the diamond. Gotta love it. McNeese is scheduled to play a game tonight against Southern. We'll see if that happens over at the Joe. Once again, bad weather is expected to come through the state this evening. Bad weather is expected. LSU winner, UL winner, Saints winning by signing the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. That allows them to make Taysom Hill now a full-time tight end. Hannah Five names believing hot dogs are sandwiches and pizza's a sandwich? And lasagna's a pie? What? Did you take crazy pills today? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to RP3 and Company. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Saints sign the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. A little one-year deal. He's going to be the backup quarterback now, and Taysom Hill will be moved to tight end. LSU takes down ULM at Alex Box Stadium in convincing fashion as Joe Bear is just on a tear, especially with the long ball. And the Raging Cajuns go on the road and take down Southeastern 6-4. to four. Of course... Poll question of the day is not about LSU or UL baseball or even about the Saints signing the Red Rifle. It's all about five names agenda of making people treat hot dogs as if they were sandwiches. Let me bring something to the table. Yes, the classic American meal on the go, the hot dog is wrapped in bread, smeared with condiments and eaten as a patriotic alternative to say a hamburger. But a hot dog is not a sandwich according to 
to an official press release from the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. According to the council, quote, our verdict is a hot dog is an explanation of joy, a food, a verb describing one showing off and even an emoji. It is truly a category onto its own. Boom. Who Do I trust someone named Miriam or do I trust the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council? Think I'm trusting the council. Boom. What do you think about that? A story posted on USA Today. Well. <laughs> you have no the idea. The anger <laughs> in your response. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. A little unwarranted. A little unwarranted. But it's fine. Because the real question, as JBK, the OD says, what is the meaning of life? Because why do hot dogs come packs of 10, the hot dog buns come packs of 8? That is a great frustration. Yes. Yes. I think you use the last two hot dogs, heat them up, cut them up, Put them with macaroni and cheese. Or you put it into pork and beans. That too. Yeah. There you go. Boom. See? We're they working together. You, they give you those extras. So we may be it. on opposite sides of this debate on whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. But you know what? We're coming together on what to use leftover hot dogs for. There's always a middle ground. It's a great compromise. <laughs> I'm glad we were able to get there in hour number one. Hour number one is done. Hour number two, coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome to hour number two of RP3 and Company. We've had a good start to today's show. There's been some dancing. There's been some shenanigans. There's been talk about LSU and UL both getting midweek wins last night. That's what they did. Raging Cajuns going to Hammond. Say, guess what, town known for your strawberries? We don't care. We're getting a win. 6-4. What, what? Got to 500 now. And then they'll get to prepare to get above 500, hopefully, with a game scheduled at UNO. But we know the storm system coming through is supposed to bring a lot of wind and rain. 
may cancel that game. There are some rumblings about moving the game to up here, but that did not happen. So Cajuns at Privateers is still on as of right now for tonight, but Matt Deggs' team got the win last night in Hammond against Southeastern Louisiana to improve to even 500 on the season. And they got a big series against Georgia Southern this weekend at the Teague. Three games set that will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. LSU, meanwhile, they were at home. They took on poor, poor ULM. Fun row in the house. They got whooped by the Tigers, 12-4. to Joe Bear, Dugas, both homered in the game. Joe Bear had seven RBIs on the night as LSU won its third straight contest. They have a quick turnaround as they'll take on Auburn at Alex Box Stadium for a three-game set in SEC play, but that's going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Of course, we'll carry those games live right here on the game for you. And the big news yesterday involving the Saints was Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, former TCU quarterback, three-time Pro Bowler, for the Cincinnati Bengals. All those years, he was paired up with A.J. Green. they get to the playoffs, but they'd lose. Now he's become a backup. Dallas, Chicago, now he's coming to New Orleans. Lots of experience, 30,000-plus yards passing, more than 220, yard, uh, 220 passing touchdowns. He can also move a little bit with his feet. So the Saints bring him in on a one-year deal. He is going to be your guy, your backup now, and that takes Taysom Hill out of the equation at quarterback. There you go. Dennis Allen already told you earlier in the week they're moving Taysom to tight end. His primary location, his primary position, rather, will be at tight end. There you go. And that's a smart move by the Saints. He's an athlete. He can catch the ball. You need athletic guys that can catch the ball because you don't have a lot of them on your roster. Put him in that joker role. You still want to use him as a Wildcat quarterback from time to time? Sure. But we're not having to worry about seeing Taysom Hill throw the ball 25 times in a game. That's done. And the Saints are going to be better because of it. Winston is more than capable as your starting quarterback. Jameis at quarterback. Michael Thomas now back healthy at wide receiver. Taysom Hill at tight end. Alvin Kamara, when he gets done with his suspension, coming out the backfield. You sign or draft a number two wide receiver, then you can still let Traquan and Callaway and Deontay Hardy, formerly Deontay Harris, they can all be those guys that are going to be your number three, number four, number five wide receivers when you open it up. That's exactly where they need to be because that's their skill set. They're not number one or number twos. So still work to be done if you're the Saints, but a step in the right direction. You're going to move Taysom to tight end. You already have a now a veteran quarterback that you can trust as your backup, and Ian Book doesn't have to be on the field. What a waste of a draft pick. Oh, they like him. Okay. He has potential. Okay. I have potential. 
you know, I have potential to be a legendary radio Hall of Fame broadcaster. But I'm, uh, but does that mean I'm going to be the next Jim Rome or Dan Patrick? No. Sometimes you got to figure out what you are and figure out what you're capable of. And Sean Payton allowed this nonsense about Taysom Hill being a franchise quarterback to go on for years. Just saying. For years. This is also good because now you're going to force, rather, Adam Troutman to get his act together and figure out how to catch the damn ball. Maybe that'll make him better. Maybe that'll make Juwan Johnson understand the playbook a little more. Because that was the talk coming out of New Orleans is that he struggled with the playbook, making the conversion over to tight end. So, I like these moves. These are good moves. Smart moves. Still would like to get another veteran wide receiver in. I don't, I'm never a huge fan of drafting a guy in the first round or drafting them in the second round. Because even more so than quarterback, wide receiver is your biggest bust position when it comes to first-rounders. It's a whole different game. In college, you can just outrun a guy. In the NFL, it's understanding defenses, reading defenses, understanding route trees, understanding your assignments, understand how to be at a spot to catch the ball rather than just have the quarterback throw it directly to you. You're running to spots. Guys struggle with that adjustment. Wide receiver position struggles more than quarterback does when you look at first-round picks. We focus so much on draft bust being, in fact, quarterback, the biggest bust position in modern NFL history. When you look at the numbers, it's wide receiver. So all the Saints fans are like, hey, man, let's just draft a guy in the first round. I, I think they'll probably lean more towards drafting an offensive lineman. But look, Michael Thomas was a second-round pick that just hit the ground running, and that worked. He, in his story, that's the outlier. Most guys are like Kevin White. First round pick that doesn't catch a touchdown pass in his career. Okay? So, Michael Thomas is the outlier. If I'm a Saints fan, I don't trust the, the I don't believe that a wide receiver is going to come right in and be able to contribute. I, I just, I wouldn't. So, maybe they still try to get somebody in free agency. We'll see. I'll see. I'll see. You'll see. We also have a poll question of the day. It's about nonsense. It's about a certain producer extraordinaire trying to push an agenda. And of course, she already has sweet-talked some of the listeners to call in to this show to back her up, to give her the support. If Nicholas was still sitting in that chair, they would not be supporting him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Why do we just bring up 
the man who shall not be named. <laughs> Can we bring up Doc, though, who did call during the break? He did. During our timeout. Love Doc. Friend of the show, caller, yeah. part of the Fantasy Football League for RP3 and company. Literally in the midst of saving lives. He's always out there saving lives because he's actually a doctor. We love Doc. He's come to your defense. He's on your side of this argument, yes. is he not? He is on my side. What, what did he have to say boom, for himself? Boom. He said, any, <clears throat> any meat that's between slices of bread is a sandwich. doesn't matter if it's corned beef, if it's sausage, if it's lunch meat. doesn't matter. No offense to Doc, because I understand that he went to medical school. But the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council disagrees on this point. Sorry, Doc. The National Hot Dog and Sausage no Council disagrees. No one cares what they say. <laughs> a hot nope. dog is a sandwich. Can we go down the rabbit hole more, though? Go ahead. Everyone's just ignoring the fact that you say pizza's a sandwich. Does Doc believe that as well? Does your your army of supporters? My army of supporters did your, not. Your, did. your cult of five names that you're creating. I don't you're, know that why you're, you're so angry. You know what? You're the one that has your own name in the show. My name is not, as James pointed out, I'm not as cool because my name is not in the title of the show. How did you, in just a few months, get everyone to drink the Kool-Aid to be on your side? It's an amazing accomplishment. Amazing I accomplishment. I mean, think about it. Am I the only woman? Yes. <laughs> Do I know a lot about sports? No. <laughs> Do I keep you upright? Yes. Do I make sure that you put your belt on at some point of the show because you forget to at home? <laughs> Do this, I call you out on things? This yes. is this is why you are the work wife. Yes. Yes. There are days where your boy is not exactly got his act together in the mornings, and I'll forget to put on the belt, so I just grab it. At least, yeah. At least you bring it with and you. And I put it in my bag, and then yeah, there's days where you're like, "Hey, did you put on your belt yet?" <laughs> You know, I got nothing but love for you, five names. I know. Nothing but love for you, five names. But let's go down this rabbit hole. Put the hot dog stuff aside. Okay? that's that, That's been a topic that's been debated far and wide, coast to coast, by rich and poor, black and white, male and female, for years. <laughs> but what about this stuff about pizza being a sandwich? How is pizza a sand oak? Explain this to me. As the definition says, bread with food on top is considered a sandwich, which makes that hot dogs are a sandwich because though the piece of bread is not cut into two, which some people do cut their hot dog buns into two pieces. Why? Then all the stuff falls out. Well, unless you're going and you're like squishing it down like that. Like like when you, I when you need, make I need pocket. we I, we need to know who in the hell are you hanging out with and how you guys are eating hot dogs because it is bizarre to me. Okay, back to pizza though. Yes. How are how is pizza a sandwich? By technicality of the definition is a sandwich because one piece of bread that has food on top of it. 
with food, spaghetti sauce or pizza sauce, really the same thing, cheese, pepperoni, sausage, whatever, what put on top of it. I like me some buffalo chicken pizza. That's really good. Um, but yeah, the, the toppings on top of the bread, which is food. I have no idea what to do with you. I mean, Brad does not agree with me. Brad on on Twitter said pizza is not a sandwich, but not in all caps. As he sends a picture with it that says, Pizza was first called pie when Italian immigrants arrived in the United States in the late 1800s. Pizza had similarities to a pie with a crust, sliced triangle portions, and its circular shape. Italian-Americans sold and popularized the pizzas, an exotic dish picked up by the English name tomato. And there's more after that, but he just put the first part. So Carol Ross, who is diehard Italian, she's an Italian. She makes sure she tells her every day. She will say that it's not a sandwich. It is a delicate pie, probably. Probably use the word delicate because it's Italian. And you believe lasagna is a pie. Like apple pie, cherry pie, key lime pie, and lasagna are all in the same category. Yes. I don't know what to do with this information. I'm more flabbergasted by that than I am your stance about hot dogs. Using my word. <laughs> you have used the word flabbergasted or kerfuffled, then to think of me. Those are my two favorite words. Oh, where do we stand on the results for the poll question of the day? Um, so seventy-one percent say no, and twenty-nine percent say yes. Oh, I see you haven't poisoned the well too much after all. No. Everybody vote for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Everyone vote for Hannah. I mean, a hot, hot dog. This woman yes. says hot dogs, hamburgers, po' boys, pizza. They're all sandwiches. <laughs> They're all sandwiches. Yeah. Toast. Sandwich. Put butter on your toast. So, so so if you put butter on your toast, it becomes a sandwich. If you don't butter your toast, it's not a sandwich. Yes. Toast by itself. Toast. We got to take a timeout. Just hot bread. We got to take a timeout. I, I may need to lay down. <laughs> I may need to lay down because of the nonsense. Shout out to Chad Jones. Mr. LSUE. Chadwick, my man, they don't have school today because of the storm. LSUE closed campus because of that, as did other institutes of higher learning and parish schools, public schools, and private schools throughout Acadiana. But my man is still up early. My man is still working. My man is still doing things, even though he may not be at his office on campus on the Cajun Prairie. Chad Jones, Mr. LSUE out there grinding this morning shout out to him for getting the job done like no one else fellow invitee to rp3 and hp1's birthday party oh he's already there oh yeah i did you see the post that your wife put up chad has been to the house chad has broken bread with yours truly at my house my wife has cooked for chad yes yes chad's a friend i'll come over one day i'll come do uh hattie's hair Teach her how to breed. Oh, my God. She'll teach you how to do hair. 
Because okay. once you go down that rabbit hole with the little one, it's over. Because if you show her that you want to show her to do something, then she's going to be like, ooh, this is the green light for me to do something to her hair. Be prepared. Be prepared. Or there could be toenails painted or fingernails painted. All types of girly shenanigans. There we go. Just not down for calling a hot dog, not a sandwich. All right. Look, I will accept you and have nothing but love for you, even though you're all about putting labels on food. But that's okay. I mean, I think it's a little, you know, food prejudice. But I'm going to I'm gonna excuse it. I'm going to accept you for who you are. Thank you. As long as you accept me for who I am. I do every day. <laughs> yeah. God bless you. You're an angel. You put up with me <laughs> and do. foot. Back to back. Five hours every day she has to put up with me and Kevin. You have no idea <laughs> what that entails. Trust me. Oh, Keep voting on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Is hot dog a sandwich? We want to hear from you. Hotline's also open. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist. The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat. Okay, well, we all have our bad days. I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch. Well, let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Do you want to see some of the most elite dunkers and exceptional ball handlers on the planet? That's right. Harlem Grochotters. They're coming back to the Cajun Dome on Tuesday. That's right. This coming Tuesday. And you can see them live. The game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles is giving away a four-pack of tickets for the family-friendly show. How do you win? Simply text Trotter to 68683 to win tickets to see the Globe Trotters live in the Cajun Dome. Once again, text Trotter to 68683 to win a family four pack of tickets to see the Harlem Globe Trotters live at the Cajun Dome, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Already got my tickets. I'll be there. RP3 and HP1 will be in the building checking out the Harlem Globe Trotters. That'll be happening. You know what I'm saying? Have you, ever, have you, have you ever seen the Globetrotters? In person, no. I have not. Uh-oh. What? Poll question of the day. 
in your stance about other foods being considered sandwiches and lasagna be considering a pie mm-hmm. has filtered down into my email inbox now. Your your email? Yes. That's the first time that's happened. Paul shot me an email. Paul says, using the parameters of Hannah Five names, wouldn't lasagna, in fact, be a cake? It has layers unlike pie. In fact, my kids called lasagna spaghetti cake. I have heard that from somebody. Somebody has said that lasagna is a cake. I can agree with you. I'm, I'm, me and Paula are cool. It's not a cake. <laughs> it's lasagna. What are y'all doing? What are you doing? Why are you determined just giving to turn the, the world upside down? We're using the regular definitions, and we are making them. And You're manipulating them. You're manipulating them. I don't even know what to do with you. I don't even know what to do with you. Just don't fire me. It's <laughs> 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 the only thing not to do. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What's wrong with you? Just because you're wrong about hot dogs doesn't mean that you're, you know, going to lose your job. I mean, <laughs> one guy talked about LSU too much and he's gone. <laughs> ah, oh, oh, that's not how that went. Stop. <laughs> the guy before him talked too much Pelicans. Stop. I mean, <laughs> I see, look, now you wrote nothing being talked about too much. <laughs> Kenneth even yelled at me a lot. He told me last night. We were watching because, you know, what do we do at night? We literally watch YouTube of either Chess or uh, John Boy, and we watch his random things of sports, of NFL, to the NBA, to the MLB, all of it. And he post he put up a video, and it was the Astros versus the Mariners. I was like, oh, my team. He said, you can't even say that. Because then he asked me, what's the player's name on the team? And I said, uh, that guy. Dylan Moore. He goes, it's on the screen. You can't say that name. Dang it. So... Apparently, I'm allowed to be a Mariners fan. Nice. Because I haven't. I'm like, they just did free agency, so I can't even tell you all the team yet right now because they could have changed their lineup. It's fine. Bit of a schedule change here. Uh-oh. We're reshuffling the deck here. Oh, God. The Mad Dog, Ron Higgins, our friend from Tiger Details, who joins us every week for Hold That Tiger, can't do the live interview this morning. Got a good reason. Apparently, they're filming a TV series where he's at, and he's an extra, and they filmed last night, and then they asked him to come back again today to film more scenes as an extra for the National Treasure Disney Plus TV series that they're working on. Oh. My man was 12 hours on the set yesterday. He's on the bus. He sent me a photo. He's on the bus headed, heading back to the set. So we're not going to bother the, bother the mad dog while he's getting ready for his close-up, Mr. DeVille. Instead, that's a reference you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. Sunset Boulevard. Great classic black and white movie. So no mad dog at 730. Not to worry. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're going to have, we're going to talk Saints coming up. More Saints talk. We'll hear from Dennis Allen, Saints head coach. We have audio from that from his press conference. We'll share that with you. We'll make this next segment also open phone line segment if you'd like. 
Game hotline is open, 337-706-0111. And then in hour number three, we'll kick it off with J.R. Jackson, the host of J.R. Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. He'll join us at 8 o'clock, and Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles will join us at 8.30. Boom. There you go. So that's what we got lined up for you. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll hear from Saints head coach Dennis Allen about losing Teron Armstead, about signing Marcus May and Daniel Sorensen. What about the wide receiving core? What about Traquan Smith? And what role is Taysom Hill going to play? You're going to hear it from the horse's mouth next, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Dennis Allen is your man in charge of the New Orleans Saints. Still a little weird to say that, right? Still a little odd to say that Dennis Allen is the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, but that's who he is. That's his job title now. And they're making moves. And I said it before yesterday, and I've said it before then. A lot of the moves the Saints have made have been safe. Promoting Dennis Allen from within to be a head coach, safe move. Not bringing in outside coordinators and said promoting from within for those positions, safe moves. Bringing back Jameis Winston on a team-friendly, cheap deal, safe move. And they've continued doing that. Not overspending on Teron Armstead or Marcus Williams. Signing guys like Daniel Sorensen and Marcus May. Bringing back Traquan Smith. These are all kind of safe moves. But they could pay off in a big way. You know, is bringing Traquan Smith and signing Andy Dalton and having him be part of the team, are these the moves that are going to put the team over the top? No. They're going to have to have a good draft, and they're going to have to continue making some smart moves in free agency or maybe a trade because depth is still an issue. They were talented last year, but when they got injured, you saw the team for what it was, and it was a flawed team because it didn't have the guys didn't have caliber guys their depth took a hit that offensive line wasn't very good and the quarterback play wasn't very good and you had no depth at running back you had to go out and get Mark Ingram so they can fix those issues they could once again probably be a playoff team but DA is the man in charge and he spoke with the media And he expressed, shared his own thoughts about some of the new players and about some of the guys they lost. And one of the big ones that they lost, of course, was Teron Armstead. He was a guy that had been drafted by the team, developed into one of the best left tackles in the game. But he was also the best available free agent in this class and Miami ponied up the money because they're desperate to win now and they gave them 80 million plus and Dennis Allen 
discussed what it was like losing a player like Teron Armstead. Yeah, look, I think anytime you have good players that compete against each other on a daily basis, you don't have any, any, any choice but to really get better. I think that was a huge benefit for us. I think Teron's going to be missed um, in terms of his leadership and in terms of his play on the field. But at the same time, I feel confident with the guys that we have you know, in our building to be able to step up and, 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 and fill in in his role. And, and, and quite honestly, you know, there's been some time that Teron's missed on the field and, and guys have stepped into that role and done a good job for us. So, um, so we feel good about where we're at in that position. Hurst has filled in admirably, right? He has. Is he as good as Teron Armstead? No. No. And it's left tackle, man. Like, I get it. You, you didn't want to have to pony up all that money for Teron Armstead. I understand. I do. But Hurst is not Teron Armstead. So you're going to have to make some type of adjustment there. Can Hurst be the guy to be your starter at left tackle and you draft someone and you can develop them yeah probably I also like the kid they took out of Kentucky last year even though I think he's more of a right tackle but losing Toron Armstead even though he's been banged up he's been injured that's it's just not a guy that you just simply replace and you're like hey let's keep it moving they did bring back a couple of guys that were already on the team was big importance for them and one of those was Jameis Winston and Allen talked about Winston's performance last season before he got injured and had to miss the rest of the year. I think probably the biggest thing was like I thought he did a really good job with his decision making and he protected the football. He put our team in a position to, to win. And I think in our league, like the number one thing you have to do is figure out how not to lose games before you can really figure out how to win them. Look, I thought he did a great job of, of understanding the type of team that we have and putting our putting our team in a position to go win, and and and, uh, and he did a good job of that. They believe in Jameis, even though they flirted with Deshaun Watson. They believe that Jameis can get the job done, and, and so do I, if you make sure you have the weapons around him. Michael Thomas is coming back healthy. Great. Who else is going to catch the damn ball? And he was asked about that. He was asked about how he feels about a wide receiving room that features the likes of Kevin White, Traquan Smith, Callaway, Deontay Harris, Slash Hardy. This is what he had to say. I think it's still a position that we want to try to add to, but we certainly feel good about being able to get Traquan Smith back, having Deontay Hardy, having Mike Thomas come back. So we feel good about the position, but yet it's still a position that I think we want to try to add to. You have to. You can't run it back with the guys that you just have. Like You have to add someone to that mix. Bringing back Michael Thomas makes all the difference in the world. I completely agree with that. I have no qualms with that. If he's healthy and apparently his mind is right, he's ready to go, awesome. Great. They don't have a legitimate number two wide receiver on the roster. Not a single one. Your number two wide receiver is Alvin Kamara. That's a problem. Not only would that be a problem any regular season, any regular normal year, but it's definitely going to be one with AK more than likely going to be facing a suspension from Roger Goodell. So, 
no one else is ready or has proven that they can be the number two wide receiving option on this team. Not Adam Troutman at tight end. Not Traquan Smith. Not Callaway. Not little Jordan Humphrey or any other training camp story that seven stories are written about about how he's going to be a great player for the team and he ends up doing nothing. They got a bunch of dudes that are number threes, fours, and fives in an offense. They do not have a number two. Michael Thomas coming back, great. He'll make everyone better. Awesome. Still got to get a number two option. Still got to get that number two option. They did decide to bring back Traquan Smith. Look, Traquan drops balls. Traquan has not developed into a wide receiver. I told you earlier about this. We focus so much on quarterback being the big bust position in the first round when it comes to the NFL draft. So many of those guys fail and fail to become franchise quarterbacks. The numbers tell you wide receiver is even worse. You got to learn route trees. You got to learn how to run to a certain spot and have the quarterback throw to that spot and you run there and be there to catch it. You got to understand how to read defenses. You got to understand how to get off the line of scrimmage. You got to understand that everyone in the NFL is just as good as you. That's why you see so many wide receivers fail. Kevin White has never caught a touchdown pass in the NFL. You have to take care of business. But the Saints love them some Traquan Smith. Love him. Because he can run block. And he's a good teammate. Now, they were able to get him to come back on a cheap, team-friendly deal. I get it. He understands the offense. He understands that. He's good in the locker room. All those are great things. I'd still make a priority to actually find someone who can catch the football. That's just me. That's just me. This is what D.A. had to say about Traquan. I think tough, competitive. You know, he's a guy that can do all the dirty work for us. I think he's probably a little bit of an underrated player. I think he's been great in our locker room. He's a good leader for us. And really, you know, I think, you know, you talk about a lot of superstars and and, and they get a lot of the uh, limelight, a lot of the credit, a lot of the, the notoriety, but it's it's guys like that that – uh, you want to be able to fill your team with um, just those tough, smart, competitive type guys. He checks a lot of boxes. Smart, tough, team first, glue guy. It's great. Doesn't catch the ball well enough. He's not your number two option. If you roll into the season with Traquan Smith, he's your number two wide receiver, you're going to have problems. Got to get better. Traquan is your number three. All about it. Got to have someone else that's a reliable pass catcher at number two. They also brought in some new faces as well, right? Not big splashy signings by any stretch of the imagination. But Marcus May and Daniel Sorensen give them depth at defensive back. Sorensen even more so as a gunner on special teams. And this is what DA had to say about the former Kansas City Chief. I see him a lot in the role that Jeff Heath was utilized in. I see him being a, a guy that can play <clears throat> multiple spots, played a lot of like dime linebacker in Kansas City. And, and so I think, again, there's another player that I think is smart, he's tough, and he's got a lot of versatility. I, I, I like the move because they're going to utilize him in that role. He'll get snaps in games when they get into a nickel or dime package, but they're primarily going to use him as a gunner, one of the, you know, 
the better guys on the special teams unit. I got no problem with that because they also didn't break the bank on Daniel Sorensen. Marcus May is interesting. Is he going to be legitimately the guy to replace Marcus Williams, who went and go sign with the Ravens for $70 million? May, a little bit more of a thumper, not a one-high safety like Marcus was. It's a bit of a thumper. He's also coming off a season where it ended prematurely due to injury. He needed surgery. And he has a DWI charge, which more than likely he'll get suspended for by who? Roger Goodell. But this is what DA had to say about what Marcus May brings to the team. Good veteran safety, has some flexibility, can play both positions in the back end, can play strong, can play free, has range in the back end, uh, smart, instinctive. Remember watching him, you know, coming out of Florida, really liked him then and seeing him at the Jets. He was somebody that we felt like had that kind of versatility that we're looking for. And finally, speaking of versatility, the best version of Taysom Hill is the one that plays that joker role. Line up at tight end. Line up as wildcat quarterback. Line up as a running back. Wide receiver. When they utilized him that way, that's the best way to use Taysom Hill. Trying to force him to become a legitimate franchise quarterback in the National Football League didn't work. He's limited. He's limited in what he can do. He's a special athlete, a very good player, just not a very good quarterback. And Dennis Allen knows that, and that's why he decided to change his position. I, I think the role for Taysom um, really is going to be a lot more of the kind of F tight end, move tight end type of role. I think that's the direction that we need to move with him because I think he can be one of the better players in the league in that role. I don't like having Taysom if Jameis is out there playing quarterback, I don't really like Taysom standing next to me on the sideline. And so I think you'll see him more in that type of role. And that's what I've been screaming at the rooftops about for two years. Having Taysom not on the field hurts you. If you got Jameis as the quarterback and you got Taysom standing on the sidelines holding a clipboard, you hurt your team because you're taking a talented athletic guy off the field that could make plays the team will be better having Jameis as quarterback the red rifle as the backup and Taysom in that f tight end role they will be better they will be better because of it we got to take a timeout when we return here on the rp3 in the company we'll give you an update on our poll question of the day I tried to make a bold statement earlier before signing off that hot dogs are in fact not sandwiches and someone just so happened to cut off my microphone. Amazing how that worked. And I'm supposed to believe there's not a conspiracy going on around here? (laughs) We'll update the poll question of the day. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. 24. 
Niner five. Six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So Cajun 25 has chimed in on the poll question of the day. A very divisive poll question that could forever tear apart this partnership between Hannah Five Names, the producer extraordinary, and yours truly, RP3. I mean, I really would prefer not to have to, you know, send you through the door, so to speak, because I've already had... Are you my fifth producer? Yes. <laughs> Five in three years, sir. <laughs> that's not that's not a good. That's not a good. No. That's not a good. Three and just. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. So, <laughs> so Cajun 25 says, you can slice the two extra hot dogs, put a pretzel stick in the middle, and dip into your favorite condiment. Bon appetit. A little, little, a little, mean, a little bit of a, a recommendation there. I like it. I'm down with it. Brett Landry on the Twitter machine says, at RP3 Sports, I think Five Names needs her Louisiana card pulled for thinking it's a sandwich. She might be from Mississippi deep down inside. What? And then a Hannah Five Names has replied, (laughs) I refer to you. I refer you to the comment with the definition. And no, I don't date my brother. I can't be from Mississippi. Wow. We went into Mississippi slander quickly on this show. Well, wow! I want to go wow. to Hart's comment. You see, there a Hart's comment, and I'm I'm here for it. What is Hart? Let me guess. Hart's come to your defense, like they <laughs> all do. Doug and Hart and Salty Steve. So, and uh, she posted a meme that I'm assuming that he made uh, with "I am Will Smith and you are Chris Rock." Oh God, here it it's is. It's sandwich. You're slapping, <laughs> slapping me. It's yeah. a hot dog. Woman wants hot dogs to be sandwiches. I'm just I'm going more, by the definition. I'm more disturbed by the fact that you believe pizza's a sandwich. You can make it into a sandwich. And that lasagna is pie. Yes, or cake, whatever you want to call it. Or you could call it pasta and it's lasagna. How about that? Can we just do that? I mean, it's like when the people from London, they call it chips and chips is like french fries, but here it's chips, chips is chips which is just throw a potato i'll call everything potato can i side a potato please we have to take a time out for the love of everything that's holy <laughs> hour number two is in the books <laughs> hour number three we'll kick it off with jr jackson host of jr sport brief on cbs sports radio that's next right here on southwest louisiana sports station Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The final four will be this Saturday down in the Superdome in New Orleans. And it is nothing but chalk, man. The bluest of the blue bloods. The only thing missing, take out Villanova, put in Kentucky, and that would be the ultimate blue blood final four matchup. Kansas taking on Villanova. North Carolina taking on Duke. Every one of those teams has at least won three national titles. Three. Three. And a ridiculous amount of Final Four appearances for all of them. And of course, Duke, North Carolina has Tobacco Road for the first time in the NCAA Men's Tournament, which is mind-boggling that they've never played each other in the tourney, and they're going to do it in a Final Four during Coach K's farewell tour. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be definitely memorable this weekend. And, of course, the national championship game will then be coming up on Monday. To break it down for us is our next guest. He is the host of the JR Sport Brief Show, which you can listen to right here on the game weeknights, courtesy of CBS Sports Radio, starting at 9 o'clock Central. He's also an NBA TV fantasy expert making his debut on RP3 and Company. It's the one and only J.R. Jackson. J.R., good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, bud. I'm doing great. So let's get right to the Final Four because all the talk of Cinderella and the upsets and everything that happened the first couple weeks, we get a Final Four that is Duke, North Carolina, and Villanova in Kansas. And all four teams wear blue, which is another odd thing. Uh, what do you make of the final four teams we have for the men's tournament? Uh, you, I mean, you said it. We got to look at the same old teams that we see almost every year. And, and St. Peter's had their chance. They had their opportunity to crash the party. But by the time everybody gets to New Orleans and the Superdome on Saturday and obviously Monday for the championship game, it's going to be the same old, same old. So, we might as well get used to all the talk about Coach K and his final game. And it's just, uh, it's par for the course. So we might as well enjoy it while we have it in front of us. I would have certainly loved to see uh, St. Peter's here in the Final Four. But you know what? They, they had a nice little run. And now they get to go back to the school in the city that no one has ever heard of. <laughs> and their coach gets to go take another job elsewhere. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's 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 a tradition like none other as well from a mid-major. Uh, when you have success, you get to propel to go somewhere else. Let's let's talk about these teams though, because North Carolina intrigues me. You know, it's the first year past Roy Williams, and they were kind of under the radar. People felt that they weren't having a great season. 
but they had a great end to the season. They embarrassed Coach K and Duke in Cameron Indoor Arena in the regular season finale. They make a run here in the tournament. What's changed for the Tar Heels? I think what's changed for the Tar Heels is that is that Hubert Davis is, is comfortable as head coach right now. You talk about uh, Roy Williams stepping down, and those are big shoes to fill. And every single game we see Roy Williams in the stands, and he's in one of those beautiful color powder blue sweaters, and he is cheering on like no other. And we know that he is he's very instrumental in the program, obviously. I don't want to call him a puppet master. But I think it's just really a matter of Hubert Davis, you know, finding his own his own stroke, finding his own his own self as, as head coach. And I think as we've gone here through the stretch, we see the impact that he has on his players. I mean, after every single victory, I, I want to throw Hubert Davis some Kleenex because he's out there, you know, crying after every victory. And I think that's that's what's picked up. There, there were no expectations for them, you know, coming off of Roy and Hubert. Damn it, he might win the title right now. And he's going to face off against Coach K. And, and look, I'm just going to be completely transparent. Coach K, legendary coach, great coach, maybe the greatest college basketball coach of all time. He's now in his 13th Final Four at Duke. A new record. I get it. But, man, the farewell tour and – people bending over backwards and running over each other like it's Target on Black Friday to congratulate him and tell him how great he is during this retirement party that's going on all year is just driving me nuts. And even though I don't have a dog in the fight, JR, I kind of would prefer to see North Carolina beat Duke. I don't know. I know I, that's just me, though, because I, I don't know. That's just me. Is that is you share that same type of sentiment or, or, or not? Uh-huh. At this point in time, I say let let Coach K go all the way. Let Coach K walk away with a championship. Let him walk away with a title. Let him get number six. Let him be carried off. Let him cut down the nets. I'm I'm in it for stories. I mean, outside of St. Peter's being eliminated, I said, you know what? What's the next biggest story? It's Coach K. Yeah. Let's give let's give him a send off. Let's get him out of here. I don't think that we'll see another coach come through and pretty much have the stretch of success that he's had over 42 years. He's the, maybe a a terrible term, he's the last of a dying breed. I don't think we'll see another coach do it. And so I embrace it. I hope he wins. I hope we get him out of here. And then uh, let's get some new blood. I don't want to see no Tom (laughs) Brady. I'll, I'll come back for another one. Just go away. You know, the thing about him also is, he transformed himself right over the years he went from being the Bobby Knight disciple to then becoming his own man and then later in his career changing his philosophy yet again was that the key to his success was able to kind of adjust from decade to decade to what the sport was changing into absolutely we talked about this uh on my show last night and we we took a look at what coach Wooden was able to accomplish in a shorter amount of time, in, in, in 27 years. And then you take a look at what, what Coach K has done. You know, college sports and college basketball, it continues to evolve. And the fact that this man has been able to have success over a 42-year stretch is not a, a small feat or accomplishment. Uh, when you think about uh, typically having upperclassmen and then you move into situations of, of one and done, uh, if we go back even recently a few years, Coach K had Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, and Zion Williamson all on one team. You know, what could he have been able to do 
if this was, I don't know, 20, 25 years earlier, and they were going to stick around a little bit longer. He would probably have more championships. So it's difficult to win now. It's difficult to build a squad for the short term and the long term. And somehow, some way, he's been able to adjust to still have success. I always say the cream rises to the top. It's an easy cliche, but it's true. You know, he's been able to adjust, and he's done it for a long time. you got to give him credit where credit is due. JR, I also think his time as the head man of the men's Olympic team also helped him throughout his career as well on how to appeal to the younger talented players in particular those guys one and done we all know Kobe and LeBron would have more than likely gone to Duke if they did go to college but I think that experience in the Olympics also helped him to be able to figure out how to connect with the younger generation as well later in his career absolutely you this is this is what gets lost on a lot of people who coach it doesn't matter if you you coach on the youth level or college or the pros it doesn't matter what you know upstairs about X's and O's and execution if you cannot communicate, if you can't see the entire forest through the trees, you're going to stink. That's just what it is. got you got to be able to learn how to touch people where they're at and get the most out of them. And, and it, it's been masterful what he's been able to do with his career from an X's and O's standpoint, even to the recruiting. People will say, oh, well, he had this guy and this guy and Grant Hill and Leitner and Irving and, and Jason Tatum. I mean, there's so many greats. You don't even necessarily think about it, but that's all a part of the gig. He is, he's masterful in how he lays things out. Not everybody has the foresight to do so. We're talking with J.R. Jackson. He's the host of J.R. Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Let's go to the other side of the bracket. Uh, J.R., look, Villanova is not – they don't play a sexy brand of basketball for a lot of people. They make teams play ugly and look ugly, and it works for Jay Wright and his team. What's the key to their success? How are they able to do this, it seems like, year in, year out, make teams play a different style of basketball they're not comfortable doing? Oh, Jay Wright is, is scrappy, and you want to talk about change. It's like every iteration of every team that he has out there – is, is different. This squad is the go-getter squad. I don't think they have too much gas left in them after two major injuries and a short rotation, but I could think back to a few years ago, they had Mikhail Bridges and they were 3-and-D, they were and, and now they're, they're super scrappy. And so I don't necessarily give them a, a lot. Everybody has a chance, but they're not my favorite against Kansas. But this, that's a credit to Coach Jay Wright. He, he's, not, he's malleable. He takes a look at the talent that he has, and he says, this is how we're going to play. And regardless of how they do it, they're going to play hard. Are they going to light up threes and play hard? Are they going to try to go to ISO and play hard? They play hard, and that's a credit to Jay Wright. They're going to be playing a team which, to me, is, is a little odd. They're the only one seed that advanced to the Final Four, yet it feels like people are talking less and less about Kansas as an actual contender for the title, even though they're a one seat and they have a veteran coach, a very good coach in Bill Self. Why have the Jayhawks kind of been under the radar so much, JR? I think the, the expectations for the Jayhawks, people kind of look and say, oh, when's the last time they won? We got to go back almost, oof, almost 14 years now since they won a championship. And I think they've flown under the radar. I mean, let's not forget, it was only a couple of seasons ago, two years ago, 
that everything stopped due to COVID. Yeah, they were pretty. They were pretty much the the, the favorites, and we were going to have the tournament here in Atlanta. And then you blink, and it's just like boom, the entire world stops. And so when you have all these other stories about your coach K's and and you think about uh, Roy Williams stepping down, and here you still have Bill Self, and they almost probably could have won it a few years ago. I think that's part of the reason why they get lost in the shuffle. People are just ready to see when they're going to get back over that hump. All right, Jr. who do you like to win Saturday inside the Superdome and advance to the national championship game on Monday? I think we are, we are going to have Duke. I think uh, Coach K and Barcaro, they're going to go out there and get a little bit of a, I guess you call it payback. I think they're going to get payback for, for what took place against North Carolina and what was his final uh, home game and send-off. And I think that they're going to move forward. And I think we're going to have Duke taking on Kansas on Monday night. And I'm going to have uh, Coach K uh, with one of these Disney moments and cutting down the nets and the send-off, et cetera. I, I just think this is, this is fate or destiny at this point. We're talking with – J.R. Jackson, host of J.R. Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You can listen to that every weekday right here on the game starting at 9 o'clock Central. All right, J.R., I want to talk a little NBA with you while we have a few minutes here. Uh, we're, we're pushing towards the playoffs now. Uh, there's some jockeying and positioning and everything like that. I'll start off with the Lakers. As it stands right now, they wouldn't make the playoffs. Do you believe the Lakers – will find a way to get in at least into the play-in tournament with only a handful of games left? Oh, I, I don't know, to be honest. I, I don't know. I'd be lying if I told you. But I, I do know this. It doesn't matter. It's not that the Lakers season is, is cooked. Uh, we, can, we can see all the stories about Anthony Davis being ready to go, and, and we can watch Russell Westbrook uh, complain with the media. We can look at LeBron James having to rest a sore knee. If I had to say, are they going to get in? Eh, you know, maybe, maybe. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I know this. They're not going to do anything. I'm already looking forward to the Lakers off season. What are they going to do to maximize having LeBron James on that roster? You know, how do you move Russell Westbrook? And is it for who? What do you do with Anthony Davis? Uh, that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. This has been an embarrassment and if they were to get into the playing game, I think that would do nothing but add additional embarrassment, and it'd be a, a footnote in what has been a crap season. Let's stay in the West. You know, every team has the potential to make a run, whether that's Phoenix or Golden State or whoever it might be, but they all have flaws as well, particularly injury concerns for a couple of the contenders. Who do you like to make a, a run and maybe get – to the NBA Finals out of the Western Conference? Oh, I'm still, I'm still liking the, the Phoenix Suns. You know, Chris Paul coming back, I think they, they still are the team that has the most uh, continuity dating back to last year. I know Chris Paul was, was out with his hand injury. Now we have to think about uh, if you want to go out to Golden State, Steph Curry dealing with his, his ankle and, you know, Draymond coming back from his back, and now they have no James Wiseman. They're also a smaller team, uh, Golden State is, and it's, it, it seems primed 
if the Phoenix Suns are healthy, and unless Chris Paul pulls a quad or, you know, damages a hand or a wrist, which he's done over the past, uh, you know, I'd say 10 years of his career, I, I like the Suns. I like the Suns. I think they have a chance to bounce back. They have the experience. Uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch of other teams out there. Maybe Denver can, can put a scare. Utah always seems to, to hit the ceiling. I like the Suns. Over in the East, it seems wide open to me. We know Miami, they're, you know, they're, they're scrappy, they're gutty. Chicago has shown flashes with their new young core. Milwaukee's your defending champs. And now Brooklyn, because of the restrictions being lifted, gets to have Kyrie for home and away games. The East seems to be wide open to me, JR, but who do you like? Wow. Yeah, it, it is wide open. Uh, I'm going to have to go with either the 76ers or, or the Nets. And I think it's because they have they have the superstars. They don't have question marks. Uh, we can think about injuries. That's a part of the game. We know that's something that, that altered the entire playoffs last season. And it, to some degree, it alters the playoffs uh, every year. But I don't think there is a duo in the NBA or in the East or in the West at all like what Kyrie has with Kevin Durant, now Kyrie able to play at home. And then the 76ers, where you have uh, Joel Embiid, and then you have James Harden, who when he is motivated, he is still one of the best players absolutely ever. And so I think in playoff time and big games, when you just need a bucket, they have the best combination of guys to go out there and get it. Guys who have uh, experience. Yes, Joel Embiid and James Harden don't have playoff success, uh, but I think uh, talent and depth will speak more than, than the Bulls. It wouldn't surprise me if the Heat, Went on a run. I don't think the Celtics have enough depth, even though they've been playing out of their minds with defense, and now they have to deal with injuries. So I'm going to go with the Sixers and the Nets. JR, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the week's worth of games, Final Four and NBA action, and uh, have a great show tonight, bud. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you. You have a good day. That's JR Jackson. He's the host of JR Sport Brief, which you can listen to live every weekday night right here on the game courtesy of cbs sports radio starts at nine o'clock right here on your radio dial we gotta take a time out more rp3 and company coming up right here on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana sports station here on rp3 and company we talk about the sports you know and love Baseball, football, basketball, and soccer? Isn't this great, man? I love soccer. Here we go, Galaxy. Here we go. Okay, maybe not soccer, but we'll try to do our best. Back to more knowledgeable sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Time is running out. And when I say time is running out, I mean today. In a few hours, this will wrap up. So if you want to win the ultimate crawfish boil, now's the time. Now's your final time to get your entry in so you can win 
the ultimate crawfish brawl brought to you by jane jake exterminating kramer equipment and cody's crawfish once again you can score two sacks of live crawfish a pot a burner a paddle ice chest tumbler chairs a 500 dollars visa gift card that will go a long way for all the stuff that you need for your dipping sauce you could also use it to buy other things and on top of that tickets to an astros game I didn't stutter. All of that and tickets to an Astros game. If you want to win the Ultimate Crawfish Bowl, though, time is running out. Sign up today for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com so you can score the Ultimate Crawfish Bowl from J&J Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. we got some news to get to here. courtesy of our afternoon host, Mr. Matt Miguez, who tweeted this out. Sources are telling him, because the man's got the sauces. He's got the sauces, as they like to say. Sources say, tonight's Raging Cajuns baseball game versus UNO in New Orleans has been canceled, looking to confirm. So, once again, this, this bad storm system that is supposed to be coming through Acadiana and the state of Louisiana later on this afternoon and this evening has already been impacting. We know about school closures. LSUE has been closed. Many public and private schools throughout Acadiana are closed. So it looks like that the Raging Cajuns baseball game is going to be canceled, waiting on confirmation there. But that is from Matt Miguez, host of Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh. Weekday afternoons, 4 to 6, right here in the game. We've talked a lot about LSU, the men's basketball program. It's it's losing everyone, right? Starting backcourt in the transfer portal. Sharif O'Neal, who doesn't play anyway, in the transfer portal. Other players, transfer portal. Commitments leaving. And new coach, McMahon has gotten a Northwestern State transfer to come in. That happened yesterday. Well, he's got another one coming in as well. All Ohio Valley Conference guard Justice Hill is rejoining his coach from Murray State at LSU. He averaged 13.4 points, five assists, a steal, and shot 36% from beyond the arc. So, once again, you're going to be getting guys from smaller schools that are going to be coming in wanting to have the opportunity to play in the SEC. Not surprising that McMahon got one of his former players to come on over, and first-team all-conference selection at that. So, there you go. There's some news. Where do we stand on our poll question of the day? Producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names, who's part of the pro hot dog as a sandwich team i am a hot dog as a hot dog team and i leave it at that i don't know why we got to overthink things here must be that fancy degree you got from the (laughs) university of louisiana at lafayette by the way that's what it says on the diploma yep where do we stand with our poll question of the day so poll question of the day is hot dog sandwich um 75 is no say it again say it again again again. with the ball is hot dog a sandwich is a hot dog a sandwich uh 75 say no and 25 say yes 
So 25% of your 25% of the Hannah stands out there decided to vote with you. Early on, it looks like you were going to run away with it. Yeah. Any any additional comments to get to? Uh, well, <laughs> look at you over there. You're like, uh, do I have to? This poll well, question went sideways <laughs> on me real quick today, and I'm really hoping the show will end in sooner than later, so we don't have to discuss this poll question so, of the day. So Brett says, Brett, who said I get my Louisiana car pulled, which people in Louisiana also think this. So why only me get my Louisiana car pulled? I don't know. But he said, would a taco or burrito fall in the sandwich category as well? Technicality wise, yes. Oh my god! Because it is bread with food on top. Pizza, not a sandwich. Taco, not a sandwich. Stop with that. Stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? Stop. Not a sandwich. You know what else is not a sandwich? A quesadilla. Not a sandwich. I'll go ahead and stop you right there. Not a sandwich. Not a sandwich. Not a sandwich. Five names. Not a sandwich. You know what lasagna isn't as well? It's not pie. It's not pie. What do you have to say for yourself? That Doug is in my court, as always. <laughs> of course Doug is in your court. What does Doug have to say? Shout out to Doug, by the way. It's tween bread. Huh. How about taking two slices of pizza and mash them together? Isn't that a sandwich? Listen up, Ray. To each his or her own. Y'all stay safe. Appreciate you, Doug. Appreciate you. And appreciate you that you are one of... The number, he's in, don't say one of. He's the number one. Number one fan of five names here at the station. He is. He followed me from first cup to here. So. But pizza is not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. I'll break it down for you this way, five names, because I know we got to hit the timeout. <laughs> this is what it is. You saying pizza is a sandwich is like Saints fans saying Taysom Hill's a franchise quarterback. That dog don't hunt. That dog don't hunt. That dog don't hunt. <laughs> and I'm getting, for all of you that are listening and you don't, you're not watching us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber, you're missing the fact that she's giving me what I call the business look. The, the look of disgust. I know that look. Because I receive it often in my own house. <laughs> we gotta hit a timeout. We do have to hit a timeout, five names. We do have Tina, our friend Tina Hal from Canal Street Chronicles, waiting to come on. <laughs> uh, by the way, this poll question was your idea. I just want to, I want to point this out. This we'll see what you come up with next week. <laughs> What's your food poll question next week? We'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> oh, I got this. I got this. Challenge accepted. Okay. We got to take a timeout. We're going to accept that challenge. Come back. We're going to talk to Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles. We're going to talk all things New Orleans Saints, all the moves they're making and the moves they're not making. I'll be next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The New Orleans Saints are making moves. But for a lot of Saints Nation, the Houdat Nation, they're not necessarily moves that are getting them excited. But they could be the kind of smart moves, safe moves, that could get the team back to the postseason. To break it all down for us is someone who covers the team. And not only does she cover the team, but she also willingly comes on our show on a regular basis. <laughs> so we very much appreciate her. She's the managing editor for Canal Street Chronicles. She's also the host of the Floors Truly podcast. Your source for all things, Nola. Our good friend, the one and only Tina Howe. Tina, good morning. How you been? Well, hello and good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So let's start off with... How do you feel about the lack of activity or limited activity you've seen from Mickey Loomis and company during this NFL free agency season? It's very interesting, especially since we moved money around and restructured a lot of contracts to give us some cap space to make some signings that we haven't really done anything yet. And I don't know if they're still negotiating with players. There's a lot of free agents out there that I would have thought that they would have been interested in that haven't signed with teams yet. So behind the scenes, we don't really know what's going on. Maybe they are negotiating. Maybe there is somebody that they're looking at or a couple of players that are in play and we just, they haven't, sealed the deal yet but I mean it is kind of concerning I know Saints fans are really frustrated that we're not making moves the few players that have been signed that were coveted by Saints fans and they didn't even try to do anything you know they're they're frustrated but then again I mean I love I love our fan base they're probably one of the most passionate in the NFL but they're also one of the most petty and particular ones as well. <laughs> so uh, we, we could have made, we could have made four signings already and they probably would have nitpicked and, and, and pull apart every single one. Let's start about some of the guys they were able to bring back. They got Jameis Winston on a very team friendly deal after openly flirting with Deshaun Watson. They Jameis. Thank you football uh, gods. Yeah. <laughs> Jameis comes back team friendly deal. You got him. Now they've signed Andy Dalton to be his backup, a veteran quarterback. That's what I like. If you're a Saints fan, you got to like to see that because that means Taysom Hill is no longer going to be thrust into a quarterback role and you can utilize yes. him as a tight end, which Dennis Allen spoke about just a few days ago. Yes, you heard that deep breath I said before that, yes, that Taysom Hill is moving back to that tight end uh, Swiss Army knife role. But, yes, very happy that uh, Jameis – 
is back under center and for New Orleans. A, a lot of Saints fans wanted him. They were completely divided on the Deshaun Watson saga. So, yes, we are happy he is back. The kid, I can't wait to see him healthy and here for a full season. He is saying and doing everything right and has been since he signed here last year. If you happen to see his interview the other day with some of the members of New Orleans media, he he just he's ready to go. He's so excited to be back in New Orleans. He just wants to be with his teammates. He's it just there was a line that he said that, you know, I, I want to grow as a quarterback and as a player and as a leader. He's not a me guy. And I'm just I'm super excited to see what he can do for a full season. We saw what he could do for seven games. Uh, he was 14 for for three, uh, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. And I, I think the outcome of last season would have been completely different had he played a full season with us. So we're super excited to see him back. And uh, he's got that arm. So and if we get Michael Thomas and he's back full strength, watch out. You're going to see a lot of connections in that end zone. Thomas coming back healthy, Jameis coming back healthy. I like that. I like Taysom Hill being moved to more of that tight end role uh, because you know that he can catch. But right now as it stands, there's not a number two wide receiver on this team. And that's not not a knock on little Jordan Humphrey or Callaway or Deontay uh, Hardy or Traquan Smith, who they decided to bring back because he can run block. Uh, Those guys aren't reliable pass catchers. They still need to go out whether it's in the draft or in free agency, to get them a true number two wide receiver, correct? Correct, correct. We need a solid uh, wide receiver to get opposite of Michael Thomas. We talked about this actually on my show last night. Emmanuel Sanders is still sitting out there as a free agent, and he played for the team before, and we didn't retain him for financial reasons. He's still out there. He knows this offense. I don't think that much is going to change. So I would like to see them bring him back. Yeah, he's he's older. He's up in age you know, towards the end of his career, he'd be a band-aid type player, but then we could go into the draft and get someone that, you know, we could develop with this team, with the veteran leadership that we have. And, and, and they may be able to start this year. I mean, some of them come out of the draft and they are, but I mean, that gives us a year to have a manual opposite of, of Mike Thomas. You've got the veteran leadership on and off the field and we draft us a, a solid wide receiver, someone young and fast with solid hands. And then we, we've got the situation under control. The pro- question is, is that going to happen? You know, are we going to do something crazy like draft uh, a defensive player in, in the first round? Because, I mean, we all know Dennis Allen is a defensive-minded qu- coach, and we've had some questionable decisions as far as who we've drafted in the last couple of years in the first round. I would like to see them draft a wide receiver. But then again, I'm also not sitting behind a desk uh, draft night on Allen Drive. You lead me to my next question because I know Sean Payton's no longer there, but Jeff Ireland, his voice is very loud when it comes to the draft process and the evaluation and what happens on draft night. Would you be absolutely stunned if, with their first-round pick, the Saints decide to select an offensive lineman? Not really. Not given what's happened no, in the last no. couple of years. No, nothing really shocks me anymore. I mean, I've I've been with this. I've been I've ride or died with this team for decades now. So nothing's really, really. I'm past the point of shock. Um, even the the Deshaun Watson thing. It, you know, I was surprised, but it didn't really shock me because I know the team was uncertain. Jameis was supposedly offered a deal in the offseason and didn't take it. So there was no uncertainty. I know the uh, the Colts were recording him. In fact, the day that he signed, they were they were going to send him a private plane for him to go head up there with them. So we could have possibly lost him as well had we not moved uh, quickly 
which I don't think we moved quickly enough. But, you know, like I said, all's well that ends well. He's here and he's back in New Orleans. But no, it wouldn't shock me at all. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, all I'm going to say is stay off of social media that Thursday night if it does happen. <laughs> well, here's my thing. But the offensive line does need help because it does. You bring in Doug Marone to help fix Caesar Ruiz, essentially what you did there. McCoy is a capable center. You need to fix Ruiz. Ramchek's one of the best right tackle, if not the best in the league. Andres Pete, who I lovingly refer to as Pond Water because he doesn't move, <laughs> he's coming off an injury. And Hurst is a fill-in guy, but you don't have anyone on the level of Teron Armstead. Is that really the offensive line this team can afford to troll out there with Jameis Winston coming off an injury? No, but we also can still address that in free agency. I don't. I think that the problem is right now we have a, a few needs on this team. So we're going to have to do one of two things. We're either going to have to address it in the draft or we're going to have to throw some money out in free agency. The draft is not for two more weeks. It's free agency still going on. And obviously, like you mentioned before, nothing is happening. So we don't know behind the scenes what, what actually negotiations is going on. I can't, I truly don't believe that they haven't been in contact with some players. I just think that we're not privy to that information. So uh, it's a wait and see approach, which, we are not a pa- we are not a patient fan base. We never have been. <laughs> no, so, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. So let me. I call it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with our good friend, the one and only Tina Howe, managing editor for Canal Street Chronicles, also host of the Floors Truly podcast. All right, Tina. Uh, running back is also an area of concern. We talk. We focus on wide receiver because you need a number two. Focus on offensive line, needing to kind of figure that out, but. They had to go get Mark Ingram last year during the season. And Mark's okay, but he's on the backside of his career. Tony Jones Jr. did absolutely nothing. And Alvin Kamara, as we know, is more than likely going to be suspended at least four games by the commissioner. So how are the Saints going to address the running back issue? I think they're probably going to want to draft in somebody in the middle, mid-rounds. Because obviously, like you just mentioned, regardless of what happens with Alvin, Mark Ingram is on the tail end of his career. I think I think he's going to finish out his career here. I know he wants. I know I've I've spoken to him before. I did an interview with him. He doesn't plan on retiring anytime soon. He plans on playing for the next couple of years. So, Tony Jones Jr. Yes, he did have a bad year last year. He did show glimpses of 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 that you know explosiveness that we want, but we can't gamble on that this year. So, I, I agree with you. I think Alvin will probably be suspended for four games. Don't really know. I don't want to get into that. Never know what's going to happen with, you know, the head man in charge in New York. Because sometimes he hands down suspensions that are surprising. And sometimes he doesn't do anything when he should. When we just saw a player who got suspended for an entire year for gambling for $1,500. Yes. So it's just, you never know what he's going to do. And especially if you put the word New Orleans Saints in front of that (laughs) player that he's looking at. Oh, it's, it's done. It's it's a done deal. Yeah, it, it, the, so, I, yeah. I, I anticipate suspension. <laughs> yeah, Just. so I think it's going to be something that's going to probably be addressed in, in the draft. They'll probably draft someone mid-round. But then again, who knows? With the Saints and the surprises, like you said, they may, they may do it in the first round. <laughs> We've seen it happen before. We saw yeah. it happen when, you know, we had Deuce with Reggie and then and, and, and Mark Ingram, so... I mean, I mean the, the, the Saints the, the Saints have had a history. You uh, drafted Ricky, then drafted Deuce. Both were uh, first-round picks. You had Deuce, you drafted Reggie in the first round. So this is not, you know, uh, you still had Reggie, you drafted Mark Ingram. So it's not. You remember draft night what happened that uh, that Reggie <laughs> tweeted literally after, because nobody knew that. Uh, it was just completely shocked. And he said, it's been real, New Orleans. 
And we were like, wait, what? What's, what's <laughs> happening here? And then, of course, he quickly deleted it. But like anything you put on social media, it's forever. Oh, it's forever. Screenshots. <laughs> it's forever. But yeah, it was, it was shocking. So you never know what's going to happen, honestly. Uh, just stay tuned on draft night. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> One more for you, Tina, and I'll let you go. Uh, a lot of fans have asked me, could the Saints make a run at the Honey Badger and bring him home back to New Orleans, back to Louisiana, and have him kind of, you know, take over that secondary? Is that even a remote possibility? I would love to see it happen because every time he's been available, Saints fans have been, like, advocating to have him come home. I'm actually surprised that he hasn't signed anywhere yet. But, see, it goes back to what I'm saying. We don't know what, what, what's going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of, like, he should have been signed already. Why hasn't he been signed? I'm surprised mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders hasn't been signed. There's a lot of players I'm actually surprised that are still free agents. So I'd like to see him come home. It would be awesome for him to finish his career, career here in Louisiana, in his hometown, in front of his home fans and his family. I think that would be absolutely amazing. He would bring a lot to the table, but – Again, don't know why or what's going on behind the scenes. Tina, appreciate your time. As always, tell the people how they can follow you on social media and where to go to read all your stuff and listen to your podcast. They can check me out on Twitter. I'm Tina at The NOLA Girl. And you can catch all of our latest breaking Saints news on Canal Street Chronicles online. And they can listen to me on Floors Truly Podcast on YouTube and all available podcast apps. Tina, appreciate you. Tom, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your week and be safe out there today. You too. Thanks. And by the way, a hot dog is not a sandwich. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Tina. Thank you. Oh, the editor of Canal Street Chronicles sides with RP3. <laughs> Look at your face. Look at your face, five names. <laughs> we got to take a timeout. We'll finalize the poll question of the day. Get you set up for Kevin Foot in footnotes. That's next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You heard it there. Miguez Mesh spoke about it yesterday because it broke yesterday afternoon. And we haven't had a chance to touch on it, so I quickly will. Uh, Yeah, this is the right move to do by the NFL. There there won't be any issues like there was a couple years ago with Kansas City not having an opportunity or last year with Buffalo not having an opportunity. Each team will now be assured a possession in playoff overtime with the rules change. It always takes an embarrassing moment. And it always takes the NFL – it, it always takes being embarrassed for the NFL to do something. So, yes, overtime rules will now change. Both teams will be granted a possession. So, bravo for doing something that should have already been in place to begin with. <laughs> Just saying. That's like, why, why is this even a thing? I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Tina Howe from Canal Street Chronicles, and, of course, J.R. Jackson from the J.R. Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Producer extraordinaire and poll question extraordinaire creator, Hannah Five Names. What's the final results on our poll question of the day? Uh, so 76% say no and 24% say yes. Thank you for all voted on the poll question of the day. Thank you for all who voted properly on it as well. For <laughs> the producer extraordinaire, she is so salty with me today. 
head of five names. I'm Raymond Pars III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. Y'all be safe out there this afternoon with the storm system coming through. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.